I would like, if I may, to take you into a journey of the camp, the cult, and the strange. Hello there, little geeklings, and welcome to a special episode of Two Geeks Talk Movies. It is our two-year anniversary podcast. I am your host, John, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Joanne. Hey. Hey, Nat, can you imagine? We've done two years of this thing, and our mm-hmm. naysayers said we'd last more than five episodes. Fuck you, <laughs> as I say to them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know, two years. Good God. Two years on many, many movies. Some were terrible, some were great, but most of them were, eh? Well, yeah. Like I say, some of our, most of our naysayers, oh, they're not going to make it past five episodes, oh, no work. Yeah, fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> so they're all that, kicking themselves somewhere now, aren't they? Yes, yes, two years and almost 50 podcasts later, so, hmm. yeah. so I can say to that one. We're nothing if not persistent. Yes, it's like a bad rash, it comes back time and time again. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you haven't guessed from our introduction there, we're doing a Rocky Horror podcast show, a podcast show, picture show, I've done it again, that's twice I've done it. You've done it again? <laughs> <laughs> that's because my... Uh, my old second podcast was uh, the Schlucky Horror Podcast Show, and uh, I think I'm going to get resurrected from the grave, so fuck off for that shit. So <laughs> I keep on slipping this up, oh my god, and move on. Um, who was I now? Da, 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 da. Yes, the, the Rocky Horror Picture Show, no, I don't read that time, right? From 1975, uh, the campest of all camp movies, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so, when was the first time you saw this piece of camp nostalgia? <laughs> um... You know, I think sadly I was in my my twenties when I first saw this. Okay then, okay then. For me, it was in high school. It was either second or third year music, and it was before the summer holiday started. So they put on various musical movies such as Blues Brothers, Rocky Horror, um, Tommy, and I can't believe me remember what the fourth movie was. I think it was Grease too. Wow. Um, so yeah, and. I saw this as a teenager of about 12 or, th- no, no, it must be 13, 13 or 14. And I hated this movie when I first saw it. <laughs> it was I just you and a lot of other people. Uh, mm. Mm. It was just too much. It was just too calm. It was too in your face. It was too, I don't know, bizarre. And then I watched mm. it years later, like in the 90s, I think it was. And... I sort of went, oh god, not a piece of shit movie, and watched it again, and then I kind of enjoyed it, and I watched it again in the early millennium, and ever since then I've watched it almost every year, um, multiple times a year, if I can, if I can be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how many times have you seen this thing? Oh god, endless. Mm. It's just it's countless how many times I've seen this. It's just it's one of those ones where once you see it once, you kind of at least I do go through a kind of period where. I get addicted to watching it again. Mm, so yeah, I yeah. watch it almost, you know, daily, if not weekly. So yeah, yeah I say. I mean, once I'm in mood for it, I'll watch it. And such and da, 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 da. I mean, I remember when I first met my partner. Mm-hmm. Um, we would have an almost annual, uh, Rocky Horror, uh, dance sort of thing. Uh, doing the time warp and such like that, but I think that's been cut, sort of kibashed, so hmm, unfortunately. <laughs> and we would sing the, the songs and such, and it's like, oh dear God, so yeah. Mm. But personally, I've seen this thing at least three times in the cinema, which is an experience on its own. Wow. And about four times on stage. Again, uh, it's an experience, I mean, going Lord. I mean, um, I've seen it 
I've seen it at least twice on stage. Can't remember, I I know I haven't seen it in the cinema because I would have remembered. Let's like, face it, you'd remember mm. if you'd seen this on the big screen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, like I say, it's in, the, in the cinema, it's an experience and a half because they, they take up the quote-unquote Rocky Horror virgins and put them on stage and make them do the time warp and if they do it wrong, <laughs> they've got to take off items of clothes and it's like, oh, for fuck's sake. So, oh, mm. wow. It's... um. Bizarre, shall we say? And I seen this thing about four, maybe five times on stage, and they tried doing something similar, but it sort of doesn't work on. I don't like it. It's kind of bizarre, but there we have it. I've got to say this. I've seen this thing. The stage plays vary from quality. The first thing I saw was actually quite a good, quite a good cast, and it actually had Rocky in gold hot pants, which I was stunned at because the guy's balls was fucking gigantic. I was like, Jesus, Jinky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, something out with that. Um, then we saw it again and ended up wearing sort of like gold shorts and then it turned to uh, leopard print shorts and they were pretty much long board shorts. I'm like, no, this is not rookie horror. And it sort of doesn't work if he's not almost naked. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the whole point of this movie is he's uh, Frankie Futter's um What's looking for? Bright, you know? Mm. His partner, and he made him specifically to be a sex toy. So, why is he wearing long board shorts? If you're wearing like skimpy Calvin Oak hot pants or or um, gold um, Speedos, you know? I mean. Yeah. Anything <clears throat> longer, and it, the, it ruins the premise of the, of the, you know, the musical. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, I also have a 1974 kids pressing of the original stage show on vinyl wow. uh, which I bought years ago and cost me a bloody about fortune. <laughs> I also have the soundtrack on vinyl uh, I have this thing on DVD about three times <laughs> on, on uh, Blu-ray and such and I also had it on Betamax but not years ago Good so luck. I don't have to have Betamax actually but yeah like I says, I'm a fan of this thing <clears throat> excuse me um, have you ever like, dressed up for this thing? Uh no. Mm, mm. I kind of don't have the balls to. I mean, I remember wandering around Ann Summers and mm. looking at uh, corsets and suspenders and such, and that's as far as I go. But I didn't get any further on that thing, so no. no. See, I, I couldn't pull off, I know her was the man that should dress up as the corset anyway, but I couldn't pull off the corset. Um, yeah, I couldn't. So... Um, and after the, the transvestites outfit, I mean, when I can be asked, that's practically how I dress daily anyway. So, you know. Mm. I mean, I suppose you can do a gender flipped um, Eddie. That would kind of work, wouldn't or it? Or one of the party guests. I mean. That's what I meant when I said oh, right, yeah, yeah. But, you know, when I, when I can be asked to make a myth, an effort, I'm normally in a sort of two-piece thing anyway. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen some people that have no no um, reason to be in the corsets. Like Jesus Christ, there's this one. The last time I see in a cinema, in a cinema in the, the theatre, and there's this fat biker guy who was hairy as fuck, and he's wearing the sort of red corset, and it's barely straight to hold on his stomach and hold on his man boobs. And I'm like, oh my god, what is holding it together? Some dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Was that the time we went? Because we went to see, see that. We have seen that at least once, if not twice, at the theatre. Um, 
the yeah some of these sites for there you know you you ever never then i still get flashbacks to them you're like Ooh, mm. no this that... was the time it was with my ex so no no no, no. right so it wasn't that time because there were yeah. at least one at the time we went when there was some sites yeah but you're there when the guy was dressed up as frank as for in the green uh, uh surgery outfit and yes. he always wearing was like a like a g-string he's asking uh-huh. his voice and i'm like what the fuck <laughs> you know <laughs> what the hell? Um, uh. and the weird gender flipped um frankenfurter with the chick with a huge fucking tits I'm like, how the hell did you get that mm. into the little, little teeny little course thing she was wearing See, that's how i could have wear a corset you know tmi for everyone but listening but i'm quite big-chested so i'm like yeah, if I want to breathe, I'm never squeezing myself into one of them. <laughs> but yeah, I've seen some people like, you have no reason to be in that outfit. <laughs> <laughs> and it's quite a sight to see a big, beefy guy wearing fishnets, uh, slingbacks, and fucking suspenders and, and a corset with a black leather jacket. That's a sight and a half. It's wow. like, my eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I also saw somebody, I could you not, one of the first times I saw it in the cinema, mm-hmm. um, I was on the underground. <laughs> oh my God. And there's a guy uh, to the right of me, uh, actually to the left of me, on the subway, and he's wearing, he's wearing a pair of gold hot pants with a big pair of Doc Martin boots. <laughs> and that's all he's wearing. And I'm like, oh my God. Tell me it was summer when, when this was and not like winter. Um, I'm trying to think, I think it was September, I think it was. So oh. it wasn't like here somewhere, but it was still kind of hot. But I'm going, oh, it my could God. have been still a bit humid. Mm. Mm. He had a ball to sit on the Glasgow Underground wearing fucking gold hot pants and a pair of Doc Martin shoes. Did they prove the Doc Martin gold? That would have been priceless. No, actually, I tell you, I don't know what Doc Martin I think they were actually uh, Caterpillar boots. I think they were actually coming here because they were actually <laughs> gold. So they were, so they, wow. So yeah, yeah, that was an experience. I'm like, what in the, f- I had no idea where to look. I'm going, <laughs> what? <laughs> he also had the hideous blonde wig <laughs> Oh no. So yeah, let's see, I hear this horrible blonde wig and I'm like, oh sweet mother of God. I goes, he's come to rock on, isn't he? Uh, <laughs> and sure enough, he's about 10 people in front of me in the queue and I'm like, oh for fuck's sake. So wow. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've always wanted to actually dress as Frankenfurter and go to one of these uh, stage shows, but trying to find a pair of platform shoes are a nightmare, you know? Yeah, depending on the size you take as well. Mm. They're not, they don't, they, you know, they don't come in, what, about an 11, so. Mm. Yeah, fortunately I'm not an 11, so. Mm. But oh. yeah, I mean, I think I can squeeze into large ladies' shoes, you know, but uh, do you have the balls to walk out in public wearing fishnet slingbacks and fucking uh, a garter belt, you know, and a red corset with the sparkly bits and the, and the leather jacket? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, you could go the whole Frank and fact, I look at he coming down the the left, the mm. and you know the big cape on, mm. covering yourself up until you get to wherever it's shown, and then take it off, take yeah. it off, and yeah, 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 yeah mm. no, no. or I could go as riffraff, you know. Um, yeah, good point, yeah. Um, right, so then, let's just go up to the lab and see what's on this lab. Here it is, a Rocky Horror a picture show. So, it has a budget of $1.2 million, And 
depending on where you find information from, this varies wildly. Um, it goes from $113 million up to an incredible $250 million. So it's political information from. But I've got to go for $113 million because I think that was done at the time. But fuck knows much money that's actually made because this thing was shown on midnight screenings every single month for years in New York City. Mm. So I have no idea much money this bloody thing's made. Well, I mean, I mean it's probably made quadruple that now. Mm. Yeah. yeah. But I read some of this bomb that just totally tanked it fucked out and like no one no See, one I don't know it. because I heard this was a slow burner mm. and it took at least several months for us to, to take over uh, but when it took it had legs and ran with it sort of thing so I don't know what was what with this thing yeah, cause I read that when it was first released, um, it was uh, Meatloaf and the, what's his name, uh, Jim Sherman, the director, they they bought tickets to go to a screening of it in the Midwest when it was first released, and they were the only two in the theatre, mm. and they hadn't like, specially hired it out just for them. Mm. See, I think this made most of its money in New York, and... Los Angeles, because yeah, that's right. sort of gay friendliness. I think it sort yeah. of bombed in Middle America until the, I want to say the late seventies, early eighties, when the cult happened, right, and okay. it became what it is today, this massive phenomena. Actually, I know what you're talking about, but it sort of tanked in like Texas and the Midwest and all that mm. because they're basically homophobic. But in like New York and Los Angeles and such, it made its money. As I says, it was playing for. Decades. Yeah, it's the longest running theatre show in mm. history. It's been, what is it, continuously for since it was released, it's been on in New York. Mm-hmm. Well, as well as everywhere else in the world it shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, not the theatre show, because the longest running theatre show is Cats. Um, I think you're talking about cinema, movie, uh, in the cinema. No, something. no, theatre, like they still perform it on stage as well. Yeah, but the most successful ever theatre show is Cats. Yeah. So, mm. Anyway, moving most, on. Yeah. Uh, let's get into this one. Uh, we could discuss the, the, the sort of nuances of it. Uh, starring Tim Curry in his most iconic role to date, I think. I'm not sure. Maybe The Devil. Mm. Mm. Um, maybe It. I don't know. Uh, Susan Sarandon, who was fuck I would do with this movie. Barry Boswick. Uh, Richard O'Brien. Charles Gray. Meatloaf. Peter Hindwood. Del Campbell and Patricia Quinn. Um, I've got to look at the wedding director. Christ, no mind. Uh, the plot: a newly engaged couple go for a night drive and have car trouble and end up in a mad scientist, Doctor Frankenfurter's castle. He subjects them to weird and wonderful things and expands their look on the world and indeed their ever-loving minds. Oh yeah, he's an alien. He's a transsexual from Transylvania. And pretty much that's it. <laughs> he just jumps into the, the bazaar and the occult and the such, and it's like, okay, oh, oh, I want to ask you right off the bat here, is this problematic, this movie? Is it problematic? Mm. Um, I'm going to say yeah. Okay then. So why do you think it's problematic? I mean, there's always, like, not for me per se, but there's always going to be someone out there who, got some sort of a problem with it they're gonna say 
oh, to camp, oh, boring people to to investigate, and it's mm. like, well, you know, I such mean, a I know, life. I know in some circles in the gay culture, society, or community, whatever it's called nowadays, the word transsexual and transvestite is frowned upon as banned. Oh my God, you can't say that word. You have to say tranny. And I'm like, is tranny not more derogative word than transvestite? It's a slur, is it I mean, that? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it was a slur for, for decades, but you don't have this yeah. whole, oh, queer's not a slur, it's, it's a sexuality. No, it's a slur. So, hmm. It's a slur. But is this problematic? I wouldn't say possibly. For me personally, no. I don't, I think it just, I take it for what it is, camp silly and hilarious, but mm-hmm. um, I'm thinking of the bigger picture. There's always some people out there who have a problem with everything, you know, the whole, mm-hmm. there's always some people out there who do the classic, oh, think of the kid thing, and it's like, oh, behave yourself. I want somebody to think of the children. Well, oh, fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. Professionally fucking, um, uh, what's I looking for? Didn't it say that, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, for me, if psych- personally, if psych- no, but... If Psycho is, quote-unquote, problematic because it shows gay guys in a bad light and drag queens in a bad light, then this is definitely problematic to these people. I mean... Mm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. But, I mean, for me, no, I don't see a problem with it. I, I can understand how, for um, if you from reading up on this, why people were saying, like, years after this came out it gave them the courage to come out and thing and it helped them and yes. I, I was reading on I was reading online a BBC article um only about only about an hour or so ago about how this was seen as the movie that saved lives so I don't mm-hmm. see it as problematic. No I mean uh, I, I have personally seen somebody who is six feet three in mm. six inch heels uh, wearing fishnets a garter belt Fucking ladies' panties and uh, the uh, the corset thing with a with a sparkly red corset and a leather jacket, mm-hmm. a wig and a pearls, and they they done up by makeup. And I'm thinking you've got bigger balls than I've got, mate. And he's like, yeah. I'm straight. I'm like, what the fuck? You're like, am I good deal? What? <laughs> but yeah, you find you find that though. You're like, good lord. And then they they mention you're like, really? You, you go, look at you. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I will never forget standing in an Irish bar of all places after one of the minutes I saw in the cinema it was released at the cinema and we were sitting uh-huh. in a pub and I'm standing, standing at the at the, the bar waiting to get served and I looked around and there was like four people dressed as Frankenfurter <laughs> <laughs> including this guy who must have been about seven foot tall and I'm like the fuck <laughs> you know what the fuck going Lord. <laughs> yeah. how did they get fishnet to, to fit them I have no idea. I think they were like stockings or they were probably just cut to make stockings. I have no yeah. idea. But the guy was like nearly seven foot tall. The heels he was wearing was ridiculous. I'm like, where the fuck did you get any platforms from? I don't know, bloody hell. Wow. So yeah, and he was straight. And I was going, wow. you go girl, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh I mean, uh, so like I say, if this is your awakening, then so be it. If this is your Ooh. dip into the strange and the cult and the bizarre and it's a fun mess around, it's just a fun dress up then so be it but is this problematic no not to me anyway but to the professionally scandalised then yes you know I mean mm. Mm. not to um, me anyway either but there's always some snowflake out there that will that will watch it even now and get offended yes exactly yeah yeah nothing worse oh I'm offended for what for the sake of being offended oh, fuck off <laughs> you know I mean fucking mm. Mm. so let's get into this then 
it opens up on a set of bright red lips as it sings science fiction double feature and i'm going to try not to sing through this but it might be hard <laughs> given <laughs> you may well take the premise of the movie literally um as the blood red titles kick in and these lips are supposed to be richard o'brien's but i heard it's also uh the nail slips so whose lips is are these i said they were patricia quinn no <laughs> so well, so three people claiming lips <laughs> I heard the Patricia Quinn lip syncing along to Richard O'Brien singing. Okay then, okay then, okay then. Like I said, I read up Richard O'Brien, then I read it was, uh, what's that woman's name again? Nell something? Nell. Mm, little Nell. What was her name? Nell Campbell? Yeah. So, hmm. Hmm. Mm. I have no idea whose lips it is, but all I can say is science fiction double feature, you know. Uh <laughs> We'll take the picture, was it, Faye Rain, how that song goes on. I can't remember, I want to talk on my head. Uh, then we're introduced to the wedding of Ralph and Betty. And finally, we meet Janet Weiss, slut, played by <laughs> Susan Sarandon. And she wants nothing to do with this movie because apparently she would love that whole slut thing down. Um, <laughs> so she's um, with her boyfriend, Brad Majors, arsehole. Um, played by Barry Boswick, and these two are like, oh my god, they are the squarest of square. I mean, <laughs> what the hell is he wearing, by the way? What is that cummerbund? Wow, god I knows. Mean, oh my god, I've seen people actually wearing that outfit with the the horrible tartan cummerbund and the tartan sort of bow tie thing. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know? Good lord. Um, I I also seen people dressed as Janet Vice when she stripped down to her. her undergarments and it's men and <laughs> i have never seen I've, i remember this, this bodyboarder guy and he's wearing the white bra and the white underskirt and the white panties and i'm going mate you're like six feet two and you're built like a shipwreck house with a hairy <laughs> chest and he's wearing the bra I'm like, oh my god so strutting down glasgow mm, mm. yeah oh my god it's that's a sight i mean you're like what the hell my eyeballs anyway <laughs> Um, so spot Frankenfurter, Riff Raff and Magneta in the background as the priest um, and the mob and pop from the famous American painting. What is that called? Gothic, was uh, it called? American Horror Story? Is that not American Gothic or something? Anyway, yeah, I have no idea. The... Are they not meant to be father and daughter? I read somewhere. I have no idea. It's been a while since. Oh, I don't know. I've I mean, read up on that. I just know it's it's the the notorious painting with the farmer. Yeah, the, it's so, the notorious gothic painting we've all seen. Yeah, yeah. So after the happy couple drive off in their hideously decorated car, Brad uh, pops a question to Janet, singing, "Damn it, Janet, I love you." And all that shit. As he goes, I was there for as long and I swam it, Janet. Then in malarkey, and. The first time I saw this in the cinema, I didn't actually know about the whole audience particip- uh, participation. People are shouting, Arsenal and Slat and all that shit. <laughs> so, mm, mm, um, I love the fact how when he's singing the song, they go back into the chapel and it goes from wedding to funeral. He's just funeral. spray painting everything black and it's like, oh dear God. Just quick it all round in the black and they just slowly wheel in the coffin, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's just lovely. It's just a delicious piece of irony right there. I mean, it's just delicious. <laughs> now, is that foreshadowing or is it, hmm, moving mm. on? 
Um, so after he sings the little song, or I just just uh, introduced to criminologist played by Charles Gray, who will forever be um, what the hell was his name? Blofeld Mark Three, I think he was. I think he was the third person to play Blofeld. Wow. Okay. Forever. <laughs> um, because not Donald Pleasant was was the second person to play, and the first person I can't remember who the fucking first person was. Now, if I top my head, but yeah, he was he was Blofeld and Dimes Are Forever. Mm. So yeah, yeah. Uh, he also pops up in Shock Treatment. By the way, have you seen Shock Treatment? Yes. The um, bizarre mid eighties sequel to this thing that makes no mm. fucking sense. Yeah. The more Granger than the that I got. Damien uh, Red, the guy that played Damien. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's the guy's name. I can't remember. Has really um, mixing it. I was like, hell. Uh huh. Yeah. First you got to rip, rip, rip. Then you got to zip, zip, zip. Then you got to sh- no, not sh- everyone. <clears throat> um, she starts to tell us the story of Brad and Janet. Slut Um, <laughs> and one dark and stormy night. Mm. Now, I love the fact. He is dressed like Vincent Price with the smoker's jacket and the, the cigarette holder sort of thing. And I just love that thing. It's like, you know, and his voice, the, I would like to take you on a journey, if I may, you may, mm. and all that stuff. Um, a floating head. <laughs> no, actually, I suppose it's a big book. <laughs> uh, so he explains that Brad and Janet were on a night drive, as you do. I mean, hmm. Why not? Uh, in the pouring rain during a thunderstorm, again, as you do. Why not? As on the radio, we hear Nixon quitting. So this is what, 19... When did Nixon quit? <laughs> I have no idea. I thought you were a history buff, you know what I mean? Yeah, not American history. Anything anything by the 15th century, and I give up. Mm. It bored me. Okay, okay. <laughs> Move on swiftly. A tire blows. And not to worry because there's a light over in the Frankenstein place. There's a light. And we've gone. <coughs> That's terrible. Um, so once inside the castle, and just to Riff Raff, put by Richard O'Brien. And he's the writer uh, of this thing and all the songs. Mm-hmm. He also gave the world the notorious time warp. So Yeah, I read that that time warp was only written uh the original screenplay was so more um too short, it was only like forty minutes long uh, long, right. sorry. And they wrote it a filler. And mm. now it's like <coughs> one of the first times we all think of the minute you see Rocky Horror. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. See, I read that he wanted to make a dance move that anybody can do. It was so simple. It's just a step to the left and hands on your hips and all that crap. <clears throat> but so he made it up on the spot. So no, the spot we made it up. And this is one of the easiest, most notorious dance crazies ever. So hmm. mm, maybe it had to do the both. Yeah, possibly, possibly. So during the time warp, we were introduced to his sister slash lover. We're going to have to talk about that one. Magneta, played by mm. Patricia O'Quinn. And I've got to say, is she his lover or sister or both? I, I hate to say it, but I think both, let's face it, they are alien. I don't think incest is a concept they quite grab. So there is a relationship there that um, a little bit more than sibling. Life, mm. shall we say? Yeah, the whole bit at the end with the whole doing the whole kissing thing and the, the rubbing the arms up sort of thing, I'm going, okay then, there's something more than sister and brother are loving this. this mm. Bit, so, mm. 
Definitely. So I've got down here, cue the time warp and do it with me. It's just a jump to the left and a step to the right. Put your hands on your hips and bring your knees in tight. Anyway, uh, it's a pelvic thrust. It all drives you insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do anyway, moving on. <clears throat> um, I was getting into that. I was about <laughs> to get up and do the dance moves. I love how Richard Gray, uh, Richard Gray, Charles Gray does it on the table. I was on the floor <laughs> howling up the first <laughs> back in the, in the 90s. It's like, oh my God. But I love how he just pulled in the little board and he had to show off the dance. <laughs> oh my God. Um, yeah, oh my God. Like I say, he would have been Blofeld in my mind. So seeing Blofeld doing a time walk blew my mind. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Oh my god. So out of nowhere comes tap dancers. Um it then glides down uh, and it shows you Columbia played by a little Nell Campbell in her iconic tap dancing gold outfit with that stupid hat thing she's wearing. Mm. Uh, I've got down here Spot Christopher Biggins as one of the dancing trans uh, Transylvanians. Yep. <laughs> mm. Oh my god, by the way. That outfit she's wearing, by the way, apparently that wasn't designed for that. It was designed for one of the other dancers, and she just took the outfit. So I don't know if that's true or not. She just took the outfit? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Wow. It could be that outfit, or it could be the outfit later on in the movie. Because I remember reading that some like years ago. I think it was actually the outfit towards the end. Which has her um, nip slip, you know? Yes. <laughs> I think yeah. that one I'm thinking of, but yeah, yeah. Because I did read two years ago, she, she like, took the outfit and went, I'll wear this outfit. And they're like, no, it's name for you, love. But, mm. <laughs> but go for it, you know? Mm. Wow. So once the time work was finished, coming down from the elevator is our big instruction to Dr. Frankenfurter, played by Tim Curry. And he sings the song that I will not get out of my head for the next 62,000 years. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. I'm not singing it because it'll be stuck in my head. Uh, as he's tapping the the, the iconic platforms with the this the glitter, silver glitter on the heels. Yep. And the 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 corset and the and the um uh the cape as you said earlier. So okay then, as he's going, I'm just a sweet. Why don't you stay for a night? Or even a bite. You go to see an old Reeves Steve movie, you know that stuff. Anyway, <laughs> you got cover of a flat. Well, how about that? Well, don't you panic. I'll get you a satanic mechanic. Move on. <clears throat> anyway, um, apparently Tim Gurry did the makeup himself. Yeah, uh, I read that. He refused to let anybody else do it. It was his nod to David Bowie, apparently. So whatever that one. Mm-hmm. Also, don't judge a book by his cover. I'm just. I move on. <clears throat> um. Just Welcome to karaoke night with John Jonic <laughs> and he's singing the soundtrack to Rocky Horror. Oh my god, I said I have to sing on, on vinyl and <laughs> oh my god, I played the show this when I was with my ex and he fucking hated it by the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> Every time we're on a car and I slap it on and start singing away to it and he's like, just shut the fuck up. I think that's why we broke up to me. Right, move on. Um, I've always been a fuck I wasn't. <laughs> oh yeah, there we are. Um, apparently, legend has it there's actual Easter eggs planted on the set. Did you spot any of these things? I have never spotted oh. these things for fucking years. Apparently, they're set over a set because this was filmed during Easter and summer, and there's actual Easter eggs, actual eggs planted on the set. Actual uh, eggs? Yes, actual eggs. Um, there's one under Frankenfurter's throne, apparently. And they're scattered around the, over the sets. 
So, hmm. I mean, maybe they were just for the cast and not really for us, you know, to, to see, because I've never bought it, any. Nope, never have I. I mean, hmm, obviously that's a good, what, 50 times or something, so. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, they're the reason to watch it again right off the bat. Bought all mm. the Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, have you actually done the audience participations things with the um, lighters and the rice and the crackers and the, the cards and such? No. No. One of the first things I saw in the theatre, somebody had done that. Uh, and there was like a bit, maybe there was about 100 people or so with like rice and playing cards and uh, party streamers. And there's such a newspaper and all this malarkey, and I'm like, what the fuck are they doing? Yeah, why <laughs> so, are they throwing... I mean, I understand, like, writing party streaming, but why would you throw playing cards? Because there's a bit in it where Frankfurt was singing, these are the, hard, the, the hands of fate or something like that, and the cards wow. are playing, and they throw the cards down. That's at that point, okay. So, and there's the whole water pistol thing where people are water and like, I see your lights, and you put like, it up, no, it's malarkey. But mm-hmm. it's been banned since... I want to say 2005, I think they banned it. So, hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, he takes him to the lab to see what's on this lab. As on this lab, it is your typical pretty boy with the blonde hair and a tan. Because I'm just saving everyone. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, he is a Rocky, played by Peter Henwood. And that's a bit odd, but with him, apart from that, he was in Playgirl, I believe. Yeah, he was having uh, underwear model before this, didn't he? Yes, and he's actually a brown hair, not blonde, the dye's hair, mm. which I fucking hate it. Yeah. So, yeah. Doesn't so, this movie um, ruin his career, both his modelling career and he obviously never acted again? I have no idea. Oh, no, but this guy was, he was a model, and then he'd done a nude photo shoot for Playgirl, and that was it. So I have no idea what happened to this guy. Wow, because I, I read somewhere that he quit, he said to himself, the only reason he's never acted again is because he can't act and, you know, he, he can't really dance. Um, he definitely can't sing and I was like, well, that, that's um, obvious because every speaking line he was meant to have in a movie it's dubbed, was yeah. cut. Oh, His yeah, singing voice is mm-hmm. dubbed. Mm-hmm. And he walked like he's got a full, like a baby with a full nappy. So mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I'm not surprised you never acted again. But I also read somewhere that they totally ruined his modelling career as well, like his day job before that. And, you know, company for a bit, and Nate Brand for a bit too iffy about wanting him to be the face of the product. Mm. I, says, I have no idea about this guy at all. All I know was he was a model, and then he got this. And he had to dye his hair blonde. Then he was forced into these skimpy little gold speedos. Wow. And then after that, he done the nude photo shoot. And that was it. He's never been... I don't know if he's never... this guy at all. So, hmm. Mm. Uh, now I've got down here. This is Tim Curry's very first job on screen. Uh, and he had a terrible memory. He couldn't remember which order to put the rainbow uh, life liquid things on. So he would, like, fiddle around with the knobs until the, apparently somebody was screaming up no no it's not that color that's that color that color off screen so he's sort of nervously fiddling around with it until it goes so hmm wow i didn't know that with tim curry first job yes his first lead acting i mean oh, yeah, oh, i've right, done okay. like a little bit of species here and there but this is his first lead first actor lead. wow so hmm. 
So now Rocket is alive, he quote sings uh, the song which I cannot stand, the Sword of Damocles, Damocles even, mm. as Frank chases around the place. And that is not Peter Haywood singing, but it is Trevor White because he couldn't sing a lick. Mm. And allegedly all his lines are dubbed, so I'm not sure about that one. Yeah, the only speaking line he has is the one during Touch Me when he's going Creature of the Night. Um, and I'm pretty sure that's dubbed as well. Like, mm. everything else that he was meant to say was cut out, which... Interesting. Can you imagine that? Oh, my first ever acting job. I've got a speaker. You go to it and you go, oh, my God, they cut everything and dubbed me. No one did mm. ever acted again. Well, that happened also in Star Wars, um, where the guy in the Vader suit is not the voice of Vader. That's James Earl Jones. Because apparently the guy in the original Vader suit was from Birmingham. Oh, right, so okay. So could, could you imagine that? <laughs> could accent? you imagine that with, with a Brummie accent? I mean, God almighty. Um, I also got down here, much like Kylie's hot pants, these gold speedos were found in a charity shop. <laughs> no so, way! <laughs> so I never have that one. He went so, on to sell them at an auction for like a thousand dollars or something oh, like did that. Yeah. Oh, okay, interesting, I didn't know that one. I mean, I knew they were found in a charity shop, so God on <laughs> I hope for God they were washed, so I can say. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so now caught by Frank, uh, he sings in just seven days, honey. I can make you a man. Uh, and moving on, which I sing constantly to my boyfriend because he's such a fucking vain little shit. Drink, eat high protein, drink raw eggs, and, and such. Oh, wasn't it? Da, 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 da. After Janet says she doesn't like muscled men. Frank takes great offence and says, oh, show me for you, excuse me for me, and all that stuff. Then he starts singing, uh, just saving all that shit, blonde hair and a tan, and la 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 la. Uh, and then out of the freezer comes Eddie, played by Meatloaf, and he starts roaring around on a motorbike as Columbia squeals in delight as they're singing, hot patootie, bless my soul, you got to love that rock and roll. Mm-hmm. And that song gets stuck in my head forever, so I'm not singing that one. <laughs> Oh, well, that song is just once that's in there, it doesn't come out, I tell you. That's but that's bad. not Meatloaf on, on the motorbike, because he is couldn't drive. No, he couldn't drive a motorbike by that point, so it had a very small, well, a much smaller uh, body double on it when you see the shots on the motorbike, and anything close up, poor Meatloaf has been swung around on a, on a wheelchair. Hmm, interesting. I didn't know that one, so. Hmm. Mm. Unfortunately, Frank has none of that shit. As they're singing Hopatuti, he gets a pickaxe and kills um, Eddie in the freezer, in deep freeze. And then he continues to sing in just some days, I can make you a man. Uh, what was this song he says, what he says when he finished killing Eddie? Something about oh, one from, from the vault. The, yeah, one from the vault, one from the freezer sort of thing. One from so, the vault. Now, <laughs> married, Frank and Rocky go to bed. I mean, Jesus Christ. So much later that night, after the party is over, Janet and Brad are shown to their separate rooms for the night. First, Frank visits Janet and has his way with her. What is it, um, Creature of the Night? Or is that later on she starts singing that song? That's later on. Mm, So as is happening, the jealous riffraff and Magneta release the scared, scared Rocky 
as he chased over by the uh, hounds, the hound dogs, and bitten all over the place. Next for Frank's little late night visit is Brad, as he's way with him also. Would you like to see Janet with your legs like this? <laughs> all that stuff. <laughs> It's not all that bad, is it? It's not all that bad. Hmm. Anyway, so over the CCTV, Ruff Raff tells Frank Rocky has escaped and the dogs are after him. As it's happening, Janet is alone in the birthing room and Rocky runs in, all cut up, and Janet starts singing, touch me, I want to feel dirty. Touch me, no, that shit. As McGitta and Columbia mock Janet for being a virgin, because I'll never get into seat wetting and heavy. It was a heavy petting and seat wetting. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> okay. You mean she's a? Yeah, she's a. <gasps> actually ripping off her clothes or, or underskirts and bungee up uh, Rocky. Mm-hmm. Uh, she then gives up to Rocky, who morphs into Brad, Frank, Riff Raff, Mangetta, and then back to Rocky. Uh, he pissed off Frank, then whips Riff Raff for Rocky's escape. I mean. What is that? He's running by. Like... I mean, good lord, what is that? <laughs> uh, on a panel, Tim could actually whip Richard O'Brien with that thing several times. Yeah, he, so. yeah, he, he didn't mean it and caught him with a big bull whip. Mm-hmm. That must be fun. It's like crazy. That's why you hear him scream like um, the first time he whipped to take him out the elevator. They ah because it was it actually caught him. Mm, Jesus, that must have been... He's not the only actor who was injured in the making of that, let's face it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like I said, I heard this was a kind of F.A. set. I mean, because yeah. this is supposed to be the original cast from the stage show, all uh, but two, I think it was. Yeah, only <laughs> um, Patricia Quinn, no, she was in the stage show. Um, who was it? Nell, little Nell wasn't in the stage show and someone else. I can't mm. remember. Mm, okay. Um, but I did read one relatively interesting fact for you, that on that set, there was no heating and no, what was it, no heating and no no toilet, I think it was, or mm. no heating and no running water, and only one room, they had, like, was called the hot room, and it had heat in it, and every time um, it was full of space heaters and thing. And when they weren't filming, all the cast went into there to keep warm um, in between take and yeah. caught on fire, which sounds like a very <laughs> safe set to be on, let's face it. Yeah, I remember watching a Rocky Horror documentary and Richard Ryan says the castle is actually a real castle. Or it was yeah, at the time. it's never a hotel. Yeah, it's not a hotel, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it was fucking freezing cold because it was a mm-hmm. listed building and they couldn't get any heat into it. No. So, that must have been fun. And, and it apart- leaked as well. And if mm. you don't, this was filmed between October and December. So it wouldn't exactly have been warm. In fact, it would have been damp and grimy. So, yeah, no wonder uh, Susan Sarandon ended up with pneumonia. Mm. I also read that apparently the owners of the castle wasn't pleased when they, they installed the elevator shaft. Because um, they wanted <laughs> that was damaging the floors and such. And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. So that's a real elevator, apparently. Yeah, right, okay. So that was interesting. Mm. I also heard that Tim Curry beat his Frank and Futter boy on his own, pardon me, on a mixture between his own mother and Queen Elizabeth II. But he had no way to, you know, <laughs> look at that character and you're, you're like, oh, wow, okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm. Um, 
How can I? Hmm. I mean, the, the voice is, is like, come up to the lab and she was on the slab. How the fuck's that the queen? <laughs> I know. I was like, I, I don't know. I think they meant, I think it meant to be based the voice off of whoever. And um, maybe part of the mannerism, because he did come across her quite trying to be prim and proper and, you know. Yeah, I do love the fact. Uh, when he first introduced himself, he's wearing the green surgical outfit and he g- gives over the hand and he goes, yeah, oh, so with a rubber gloves on and mm-hmm. the champagne glass. And I'm like, okay, then. Um, mm. Mm. Um, so up next to be introduced is Dr. Von Scott, played by Jonathan Adams. And I love the fact that he and Eddie were supposed to be played by the same actor but it was changed for the movie so yeah. uh, he must have been the other one it was it was added in then so hmm. yeah because meatloaf when they first got um the role of eddie was disappointed that he wasn't going to be playing dr scott as well mm, mm. so he's the rival scientist to frank he also wanted to be friends with brad and janet uh-huh. That. And he's uh, Eddie's uncle. That's uh, uncle. a bit of a stretch. I mean, I'm going. You can have I mean, it. Mm. I mean, yeah. you can have it. Him being his uncle, yes. Or you can have it. Brad and Janet's lecturer, but you can't have both because it's just yeah. too, too coincidental. I mean, it's just too much of a stretch. He also knows that Frank's an alien, so because uh, he talks about how there's like UFOs and such like that. Now I'm going. No, it's just as much sort of pulled me when I was a kid. It was just too much. Yeah, it just you just feel like it's almost been done for laziness, so there's not umpteen different other characters in it. It's like just have them all inter intertwined in some way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've got down here. Frank pulls a lever as a super magnet pulls Doctor Von Scott throughout the house on his wheelchair. Mm-hmm. This is when I first saw it as a kid. I was like, nope, this is shit. <laughs> Although I also heard the only reason he crashes through that um, wall is because the set builder forgot to build a door into the lab. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. Or have many wheelchair. But yeah, he pulled and I'm like, really? We're meant to believe that whole house of metal and man- got magnets under yeah, I've got down here they're done a piss poor of hiding the wires as you can clearly see the wires they're pulling up the wheelchair it's like Jesus yeah. I mean when he's coming down the ramp in the lab you can see he's got his feet on the ground to try and slow himself down a bit keep him balanced mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah so once drug, drugged dragged even around uh, the house in every single body room he finally meets Dr. Frankenfurter in person and here we find that he works for the FBI and is investigating UFOs that crashed in the area. Mm. He also knows that Frank is an alien. So, like I said, this is too much. It's too coincidental. It's like you're a lecturer at a college or university. Who was teaching math? Was he teaching? Is it not science? Isn't that where science and uh, Brad and Janet met? Sure. It's yeah. part of the old Dammit Janet song. Any sign hits Dammit. So. Um, he. I mean, I guess this whole bit is too coincidental for my liking, so... Hmm. It feels like they've just done it that way to cut out as many characters. Let's keep the cost down as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Yes, well, that's very it's true. It's like yeah. you either have it that he's the lecturer and you know Brad and Janet, like you say, or he's Eddie's uncle, you know, but mm. don't... And somehow, he, you know, Eddie's got word to him that they're alien. 
But, you know, not both. I'm not yeah. that stupid. I'm not going to believe that. Yeah, like I say, this whole, I had a problem with this, but even to this day, it's kind of too coincidental, but it sort of gloss over it as, as it goes a lightning speed. Although, to be fair, the ending part of this movie sort of falls to pieces for me. I mean, once you take away the, um, what the hell is it, Don't Dream It Be It song? Yeah, yeah after, the, after, of, the, after the big floor show. Mm-hmm, it doesn't work, it sort of falls to pieces, and it accelerates to an ending. Um, so, that's not a flaw with this movie, I, I I can see this in the whole coincidental thing of, of Dr. Von Scott being the lecturer and the uncle and the FBI and a ufologist, so it's like too much. Yeah. So, Frank, here's a moan from Janet and Rocky's tryst under the blanket mm-hmm. as Dr. Von Scott tells him Eddie was his nephew. And here it is, the Rocky... Janet, Brad, Dr. Scott, Rocky, Janet, Brad, Dr. Scott, or sluts, asshole, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> um, and this goes on for a while in the cinema. It's like, bloody, even in the stage, it goes on for a while. It's like, fucking hell, do you, this sort of drags us, but. Mm. So, Magneta rings the, oh, actually, not for me, there's a whole bit where, um, uh, what is it, the Janet's American Pie ain't all that nice or something like that? Uh, oh yeah, you're right. Why is that? I was like, okay, like what a whole... flat of women, eh? <laughs> yes, and the whole. Maybe I'm Transylvania. That's how they do it. Mm, mm. And then of course, he pulled a lever and turns them into like statues. Or is that later on? That's later on. Mm. Um. So many other rings a a dong as it's dinner time, and here it is, Eddie's Teddy at the feast, <laughs> and I'm sorry, but. I love the fact how, is it Columbia that walks around the place and just pours the wine over the table? Yeah, she's and true. Like, she uh, doesn't care if it lands in the glass <laughs> or not. I love how everything on that dining table and her complete, it's not things you'd normally have there. There's like, what is it? Is it like asparagus or something they used as a plan? It clearly it showed an alien and don't know how to hold a dinner party, mm. but it's just the most bizarre thing ever. Uh, where was I now? Da, 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 da. Yeah, I love the fact how they're all eating the uh, the roast and Eddie's like, no Eddie, uh, Rocky is like munching into it, like, oh, and they go, shh, shh, fuck, who's the fuck? And he's like, oh. Yeah, he just stabs a knife into it though and does it that way, did you notice that? Yeah, yeah, it's like, oh God. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact how, oh, we got seconds to pose back and it's Eddie in the coffin, they're like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. And the statues around the house, they're going, you're uh, you better wise up. You better rise up. Put your thighs up and all that stuff. Um, oh yeah. Um, no one told the cast that was underneath the uh, the cloth in the coffin. So reactions to the feast was real. <laughs> yeah, could only um, Tim Curry and Richard O'Brien knew what was under it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I read that. Yeah, I'll go down here, and it's once a big reveal hits. Frank chases Janet around the house, singing, "You better wise up, build your thighs up." You know that crap. I, I love, I love the androgyny of Frank and Futter because he's done this whole Macklin thing, or maybe the Macklin thing, or carving the meal and things like that. Certainly, but the minute he, he sees Janet running to his man's arm, he's like, "Bitch, slapping up." <laughs> yeah, oh, that was a real slap actually. So. Hmm. Uh-huh. So after the song ends, Frank uses the Medusa ray on Janet, Brad, Dr. Scott, Rocky and Columbia. Why Columbia? Because 
Wasn't she like she, a royal subject sort of thing? Yeah, but she can live with Eddie, so. Mm, okay then. So it turns them to stone, and it sets up the ending. And after a song, as I said earlier, this movie just falls completely to pieces for me. Mm-hmm. As Frankenfurter dresses the stone statues in corsets, feather boas, and heels, setting setting up for the big finale. And I think this is the if I was talking about where she's wearing the corset that doesn't fit her, hence why her boobs fall out, and she starts singing uh, that song. Ah, right, okay. That makes so, sense. Because mm. you just took one look at it and went, mine! Yeah, that'll do me. And they're like, no, it's the fit you love. I'll fit it, it's cool. And they're right. out and so, oops. Like, I'll <laughs> so, make it fit. <laughs> mm. Mm. He makes them all sing the song, Roast Hit My World, as one of a time, uh, one at a time or another, he turns them from stone back to human. Uh, I've got down here, little Nell didn't realise her boobs were falling out until after... Uh, she watched it for the very first time in the cinema. Oh and no! Nobody told her her boobs were. <laughs> what do you really oh, feel? No. If you're on set and it's freezing cold, do you feel the breeze? I mean, I mm. mean, I think once you're already cold, it's kind of different to feel how if, if you're already cold. Imagine you're already freezing, and then you don't realise for a while. Wait, hold on a minute. Let's see. I've been sitting with no trousers on. You're like, how long have I been sitting there like that? Like. Not notice the cold because I'm already cold sort of thing. Yeah, considering how, you know, susceptible to the weather they, they can be, I'm surprised she didn't notice instantly. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I did read somewhere that apparently there was a lot of drugs on the set, so maybe she was stoned. Yeah, maybe. Um, the version of the High Watch had a bit of... Um, commentary between Richard O'Brien and Patricia Quint in it and he admitted that the, both of them were smoking something mysterious to quote <laughs> I think after the word they use um, in go. between takes on this so mm, interesting interesting so once I've had their sexual rush Frank sets up the grand finale with the RKO tower and don't dream it be it um as a swimming in the pool and remember give yourself over to absolute pleasure mm. as they dive into the pool to have a mass orgy and apparently Barry Boswick almost drowned in this because he got caught up in a, a feather Good. boar and was wow. in the water for about five minutes or so he Good almost Lord. died and on Sarandon was already had a full-blown fever with the pneumonia by this point mm-hmm so, and that wasn't yeah. he did pull so hmm. I, mean, I, I love the fact how he uses uh was a Titanic ring, <laughs> to, <laughs> a life ring thing to float around. And he's going, yeah, you know, give us a absolute pleasure. Like the irony. Yeah, I mean it's just delicious. So unfortunately, Riff Raff and Magnetor come to spoil the party as they turn on Frankfurt or had enough of his shit because apparently this was only supposed to be like a, a few. Uh, hours, not like months, if not years, on the planet. Mm-hmm. So they're dressed in gold dinner lady tappers. <laughs> oh my god, that outfit's hideous. Uh, armed with silver spray painted three pronged uh, gardening fork. As a <laughs> sort of thing. And they fire the thing out. And I was like, oh god. They've had enough of Frank's bullshit, as I says. And it sets up the final song. I'm going home. No, you're not. Um, (laughs) 
and that's the whole bit where the cards he's going I'll, I'll play the cards that fate is dealt sort of thing so you might just throw mm-hmm. cards do they all throw a card so, mm. however halfway through this thing uh, Riff Raff shoots him with his fork ray gun as Frank is dead this outraged Rocky as he climbs the Archeo Tower as Riff Raff shoots him multiple times until he falls to his death so mm. it was Beast that killed beauty. <gasps> you know. I like how um, Magenta looks at him and goes, Oh, you killed him, but he liked him. Riff Raff, like, no, he didn't, didn't like him. me. He never liked me. Mm, yeah, I just love the, how the, the sheer venom in his voice and the venom in his, and that ridiculous little rat ponytail he's got. It's like, what? Yeah. He's such an arse at this end. I mean, I'm going, mm. So Riff Raff chases Janet, Brad, and Dr. Scott out of the the house as it teleports to Transyl- uh, Transylvania. This leaves them crawling on the planet's face as in the smoke, Brad, Janet and Dr. Sock start singing superheroes. And like I says, this is a bit I don't like in this movie. It just falls to pieces, this ending. Yeah, completely forgettable, this ending. And at the very end, the I, I read that they used cardboard to make the whole flying house part. Mm. And then I rewatched the movie and I was like, yeah, you can see the actual house behind it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's so, so bad that ended. The criminal just comes on set, uh, on screen rather, and wraps things up with, and crawling on the planet's face, some insects called the human race, lost in time and lost in space, and meaning as credits roll. Now, like I say, I must have seen this a good, what, 30 times? I've seen it the live stage show at least four times. I've seen it on the cinema three times. My problem with this thing is the ending. It completely falls to pieces. Now, before I wrap up the thing, what do you think about this ending? Like I say, it's always to me, this always felt like it fell to pieces. This ending just feels like it's for a completely different movie. I don't like it. It could have just ended at the end of the floor show. Ended with Rocky and a... Frank and Fat are dead and almost left us wondering well, what happened. Did they kill the human or did they let them go? That would have been a better ending than yes, yes, the one yes. we got. Yes. I mean, I have no idea how I'd end this thing, but it would be like having a, a cheap cardboard house fly off into the stars and leaving the three people dressed in drag. Actually, four people dressed in drag. Is it just the three? I, I, mm. I, I, um, I, don't, I wouldn't. Uh, just for me, it, keeping an already cheap movie and I mean cheap movie in a very good sense I love this Mm -hmm. movie but keeping an already cheap movie that ending I don't like it Mm. in fact seven times out of ten when I watch that movie I skip the ending because it annoys me yeah yeah so let's just wrap this thing up then so that was Rocky Horror a picture show is that right um this is one of my all-time favourite musicals, and I only have maybe five musicals I love. This is one of them. That's saying something. The songs are earworms. The dances are easy to do. This camp just oozes out of this movie. I mean, every fucking second of this movie is camp. I mean, no wonder this became a pop culture phenomenon and a gay, iconic movie. However, the ending, as I said, the ending just falls to absolute pieces. And I don't like the sudden shift between Riff Raff and uh, Magneta. Was it Cl- No, Magneta. So, I don't know. What would you say? 
Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I love this movie. It's gothic, it's camp, it's fuck. I love it to death. It's phenomenal. But um, uh, again, it's like my second, third favourite movie. And I'm a bit like you. I, the, I wouldn't say I like every movie, that every musical that is out there. But, you know, there's at least a, a handful or two that I do like. Um, but for me, I find this movie, this movie sorry, excels more in the musical section than it does in the filmic parts, if that's even a word. Um, and I love the fact that it doesn't take itself too seriously. Like, it knows how ridiculous it is, and it's just, you know, you just have to go with it. it the lyrics to the song heart, you know, they're a bit naff, but that's the whole idea. They're meant to be memorable and, you know, ones that you can sing along to. Um, the dances, they just, you know, you can't hear the song without doing the dance, whether you're sitting or standing. Um, it, you know, from start to finish, it catches all hell and can't fault it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and for me, Tim Curry's the best thing in there. Um, yes. I did read somewhere that Steve Martin auditioned for this, and I think if anyone else played Frank and Vutter, it would have not have worked. Mm. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like I say, is this would be a perfect movie if they just cut it off. As soon as the fourth show ended, mm-hmm. as you said earlier, because the last two songs are kind of weak, and I don't like the whole bit where the criminologist comes out and says, "Are you crawling on the planet's face, the human race?" sort of thing. I'm like, yeah, this feels like a tacked-on ending sort of thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't like. I said, like in seventh time out of ten when I watch this movie, I just stop it after the floor show because that ending mm. it just it feels like a different movie. I don't like it. It doesn't fit to. The whole rest of the movie, if you think about it, we had like, I mean, we had like glam rock music here, and this is like a glam rock style musical mm-hmm. um, movie. And then they stick that ridiculous ending on. It's just, I don't like it. It feels like it was just an ass. That feels like it was the bit added on to make it the script longer, not the time warp song, like I said earlier, that was mm-hmm. written to make the script longer. Mm, yeah, true. True, true. I mean, I don't know. I've not actually saw the original stage play because all the stage play I've seen is based off this movie. I'll see somebody actually using the original script for the original yeah. screen, uh, the stage play instead of copying it off the movie and see. Sadly, I don't think they've done an original script version of this since just before the film. Mm, yeah. Which is a bit of a bummer because that would have been good to see. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So let's wrap this thing up then. Give it a score out of five. One being dog shit and five being sawed gold. I don't know. I'll give this thing a four and a half out of five. I'm going to break my rules. Fuck it. Four and a half out of five. <laughs> You're breaking your own rule. Because that says that ending is terrible and the songs yeah. are terrible at the ending. Yeah. Uh, so it knocks off a half a point. So there we go. So what do you give it? I'm giving it four. I'm being crueler for you for once, but of course I'm get, I'm I'm dropping off a full point for that ending. Hmm. Okay, fair enough. Like I say, is the ending feels tacked on and rushed and mm. not finished. You know, it just like oh, I'll do slap it on it. That's how we end it. So I think it feels like Richard Bryan had no doubt to end this this movie. So yeah. Mm, mm. So that wraps up our two year. I was going to second year. Two year uh, podcast. Uh, special because what have fucking taught me here <laughs> anyway so don't forget to uh, follow us on twitter at two geeks pod you can follow me on twitter at here's johnny's pod and you can follow joe on twitter at two 
Geeks, Joanne. Correct. We also have Instagram and Facebook account, Two Geeks Talk Movies. Uh, uh, two, uh, again, Two Geeks Talk and Movies. We also have an email address, which you can email as movie suggestions to Two Geek Talk Movies at gmail.com. Now, our next two podcasts are going to be camp, camper than this movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're doing the slightly controversial Sleepaway Camp, and then we're doing Friday the 13th Part 3. D. Mm. So that should be an interesting thing. That should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in August we are doing uh, what was it doing in Hitman movies? Was it Assassin's? Yeah, Assassin's. we're doing Assassin movie. Yes. Uh, my pick being Assassin's Creed. If I can find a fucking thing. <laughs> and, and my pick being the Hitman movie again. Can yes. find a fucker. Yeah. Um, it'll be a surprise to both. <laughs> That's very true, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have no idea what we're going to do for September. I've got a buy movie written down here, but I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm not it. sure because wouldn't spies yeah. and assassins be the same thing? Same uh, thing, yeah. So that's gonna be, yeah, we can change it. Mm, okay, then. okay, and I don't think we would discuss what we're doing. The for rest people. of the year is blank for what I've got written down. Okay, so, then. okay. so we'll discuss that later on. Then mm-hmm. anyway. All I can say is thank you for listening. If this is your first or indeed, uh, what is it, forty odd podcast? If this is our very first time listening to us, or even two years, thank you for listening. Now don't forget yeah. to like, share, comment, and subscribe, and get us out there for crying out loud. I mean, I mean, I know we're we're lost in a sea of multiple movie podcasts, but we need out to get out there sort of scenario. So give us a like and share us. All I can say is a Bye. I'm not going to start singing at the end of the fucking moving on. So bye. <laughs>